Dragnet. The Jack Benny Program. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. George Burns and Gracie Allen. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. We offer you Escape. Follow Miss Brooks. Suspense. Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Fibber McGee and Molly. The Great Gildersleeve. Radio yeah. Theater. In the air. Dedicated to man's imagination, the theater of the mind. You know what our call letters WGN stand for, don't you? WGN Radio Theater. The special three-hour presentation with Carl Amari and Lisa Wolf. All right, about nine minutes after 11 p.m. here on the WGN Radio Theater Program, 425 in the series. It's Saturday night, it's September 28th, and we'll be here till 2 o'clock in the morning playing a five-part Yours Truly Johnny Dollar broadcast. My co-host is to my right, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl. You How know what? You? We had all sorts of people on Facebook asking for playing all five parts. We are. The answer's a big time yes. You know, and then there'll be a 15-minute uh, episode of The Unexpected Good Mystery from 1947. Johnny Dollar will be coming your way, a five-part adventure. But first, we're going to play our game, Cat's Pride Guest. That song. We sure are. We're playing songs from 1972, and we're going to get a caller. That was a very good year. It was a good year for songs yes, and it wine. Was. And we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get a caller on the phone. We're going to be looking for caller number five. We're going to be giving away a Lou Malnati's gift certificate, wow. our favorite pizza wow. here. So give us a call, 312 981 7200, and we'll be right back. Guess that song. That's what we're going to do right now. We're going to guess that song. We've got Glenn on the phone to play the game with us. Hey, Glenn. Hey, how you been, everybody? Great. How you doing? Good, good. Hi, Glenn. Terrific. We're going to play a couple seconds of our first song, 1972. Here we go. I've been waiting such a long time. There you go. Mm. You know that one? Yes. Good. Hmm. You gotta know it, Carl. Doesn't <laughs> I, I kind of know it. I mean, I know what it's like guys... slow motion riders. Blah blah blah. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know, Glenn? How about Saturday in the Park? Yeah. that is absolutely right. Who is oh, it by? Man. What's the group? Oh, Chicago. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Man, Let's hear it. Our listeners are so smart. <laughs> Way to go, Glenn. Such a long time. a great song. You like this one, Carl? I do. Okay, so All right, let's Chica- do the next one. Chicago's main songwriter Robert Lamb wrote this song after a 4th of July spent in New York Central Park. Oh, See, he's great. writing about his own life. All right, let's hear number 2. Oh, that one I know. Okay, Glenn, what do you think? Rocketman. That's oh, Elton God. John Rocketman. Did you know it, Carl? Oh, yeah, I did know that okay, one. Okay, let's hear it. Oh, yeah, Glenn knew them both. This is, this is great music. This song came out around the time of the Apollo 16 mission, yeah. which sent men to the moon for the fifth time. So 
Rocket I'm going to send man. you to the moon, Alice. To the moon, Alice. <laughs> so, Glenn, you are fantastic. You got both songs. These are great songs. Great 1972 history here. You've won a Lou Malnati's gift certificate, and Lou Malnati's is home of Chicago's best deep dish pizza, our absolute favorite here at WGN Radio Theater. Find one of their 40-plus Chicagoland locations or order online at LouMalnati's.com. Thank you so much, Glenn. That was awesome. Way to go, Glenn. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Love you guys. I've been loyal since the start. So. Uh, You're the best. Thank you. We'll talk to you again soon, hopefully. Thanks so much. Enjoy that pizza. Make Sundays your official night to tour the city. Watch Chicago's best at 10 p.m. Then stick around for the latest in shopping, entertainment, and events on See Chicago at 10.30 p.m. on WGN-TV. We do have a text in line, 312-981-7200. We love getting your texts. Text us all the way to 2 o'clock in the morning. We'll read them, and we'll respond as best we can. We have yours truly, Johnny Dollar, one of the best of the detective genre, classic radio shows. It was on the air a long, long time. Came to radio in 1949. Lasted all the way to 1962, Lisa. I was on. That's a, I mean, that's. Well into television. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And uh, Bob Bailey played Johnny Dollar during the five-part Monday through Friday adventures. And that's what we have for you now. Five-parter going back to October 24th, 1955, all the way through uh, a broadcast date of October 28th, 1955. Here's part one of a five-part adventure called The Alvin Summers Matter on yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Hollywood, it's time now for Bob Bailey as... Johnny Dollar. Fred Wilkins at Northeastern Fidelity, Johnny. Oh, hi, Fred. I got a case for you. Remember the Alvin Summers embezzlement? Sure, he took off with 75000 bucks about six months ago. Right. We held a bond on him, so we're stuck with it. So? This morning, a guy called from a little town on the west coast of Mexico, Santo Tomas. It was a bad connection, but I gathered he had some information on Summers and wanted somebody to go down there and talk to him. I nominated you. Then he's expecting me, huh? What's his name? I don't know. Well, how do I contact him at Santo Tomas? I'm afraid I don't know that either. You mean I'm supposed to go looking for somebody whose name I don't even know? How come he's so coy? I don't think it's a case of being coy, Johnny. Before we could get very far into the conversation, the connection was broken off at his end. Okay, Fred, I'm on my way. Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Home Office, Northeastern Fidelity and Bonding, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Alvin Summers matter. Item one, $220, plane, train, and boat fare to Santa Tomas, Mexico. For a town trying to be a resort, Santa Tomas shouldn't be so hard to get to. The last lap was by far the worst. A creaky, twice-a-week boat from Mazatlan. And I may be wrong, but it looked to me like the only outfit interested in making a resort out of Santa Tomas was the big new hotel up on a cliff overlooking the sea, the Playa del Mar. The rest of the town just didn't seem to care. It was a sleepy fishing village. A dilapidated pier, a long curving beach with the jungle crowding in on it, and a miscellaneous assortment of adobe shacks huddled here and there, sort of digging their feet into the ground. 
Even at a distance, the Playa del Mar looked too rich for my purpose, so I checked in at the other hotel. It was an old two-story job in town that I found after carefully detouring around a belligerent rooster scratching up a meal in the street outside. Once inside, I couldn't help feeling that the rooster was better off. It was small, dingy, and hot. I signed the beat-up ledger that passed for a register, and a little character wearing a ragged shirt with no collar, a big grin, and a baseball cap swooped down on me and grabbed my suitcase. Right over the stairs, senor. Okay. Are you the star of the Santa Tomas Nine or something? Okay. The baseball cap. Oh, is it first-class hotel here? I got to wear a uniform. Oh, sure. Silly of me. Uh, which way? Uh, follow me, senor. Uh, you come here to fish? Not exactly. My cousin has a very good boat to hire a ship. Sorry. Oh. Well, if you're here on just a vacation, I'll be glad to show you the scenic sights for a very small fee. Hey, look, promoter, before you start making a career out of me, how about showing me my room? Okay, okay, senor. Here. It's a very nice room, no? Oh, sure. Hey, uh, look, can we get a little air in here? Oh, see, I turn on the overhead fan. It's better, no? No. There's a balcony out here? Oh, see, with a beautiful view of the ocean, Senor Dollar. Beautiful. The only thing I can see is the wall of that building across the alley. Ah, but if you climb up on the railing and stand in the corner and look over the roof of the building, there in the distance you'll see the... Beautiful. Be look, um... Benito, senor. Benito, I gather that in addition to a few other assorted enterprises, you're the bellboy in this establishment. I do everything. I must really be a strain. Oh, see, I'm always a straining. Been in Santa Tomas long? Si, senor. Too long. Have you heard my name mentioned around town lately? Anybody asking for me? No, senor. Holy rat. Oh, the door to the balcony. Well, it's nothing, senor. Only the fan. Why? Well, when the fan is on the door, it blows shut. You're jumpy, senor. Huh? See, you are jumpy. Yeah, well, I'm in a good business for it, but, you know. Tell me, did you ever hear the name Summers? Summers? Senor, in Santo Tomas is always Summers. Okay. I mean a man named Summers. Alvin Summers. Here's his picture. Take a look. Hmm. Ever seen him before? Senor, in this heat, it's strain to use the memory. Yeah, well, you, uh, you think this might make you forget the heat? Quien sabe, Senor Dollar, it might help. Here. Oh, five dollars American. Gracias. Now, how about it? Si, senor. I have seen this man. Here in Santa Tomas? I think so. Where? How long ago? I don't remember, but I'll try to find out for you. Okay, Benito. That bill I gave you, I've got a few more just like it. If you can locate the guy in this picture, Alvin Summers. Or if you can find anybody who's asking about me. Senor, for that kind of money, I'll not only find him, I'll bring him to you on a silver planter. Item two on expense account. Five dollars American to Benito the bellboy. Flying blind the way I was in this deal, I figured I needed all the help I could get. And who knows, Benito just might turn something. After he left, I stretched out on the rickety bed and tried to figure out a plan of operations. I had to make myself conspicuous if I wanted the man who'd called the home office to contact me. 
On the other hand, if Alvin Summers himself was in the vicinity, I'd have to be pretty inconspicuous to stand a chance of getting anywhere near him. Trying to do both at the same time might not be exactly easy. Yeah? Dollar? Well, yeah. Who are you? Carson's the name, E.K. Carson, and I'm sure glad I found you, friend. Hey, you the guy who telephoned and wanted to see me? I sure am. Well, my luck seems to be holding up pretty well. Not too well, I hope. <laughs> huh? Yes, sir, as soon as I saw you check in, I phoned a desk clerk to ask who you were. I says to him, he looks like an American to me. See, I'm in room Wait a 10 minute. downstairs. Uh, desk clerk? I thought you meant that long-distance call. Well, the hurt. reason I hope your luck's not too good, friend, I'm sure hoping to get you into a little cribbage game. Cribbage? You play, don't you? No, I'm strictly the gin rummy type. Oh, I could teach you, friend. Wouldn't take a jiffy. Uh, sorry, I thought you were somebody else. Oh, I... I sure wish I could get you into a little game, friend. Gets mighty lonesome making arounds these small towns. Are you in business here? No, I'm a traveling man. Regional sales manager for hold tight zippers. Zippers? Down here? Sure thing. All a matter of education. As I often say, business is where you find it. Why, half the world is just waiting to be zipped up. Great thought, ain't it? Terrifying. Uh, look, Mr. Carson, if you'll excuse well, what me... What about that cribbage game, friend? Sorry, as I told now, you... Now, I'll I... bet if you just learned to play the game, you'd find out it was a whale of a lot of fun. I'll wait. Well, then, why don't we have us a good talk about business? Look, if you don't mind, I've got a few things to do around oh, here, so... Sure, sure, I know. To tell you the truth, I guess I'm just plain lonely. Daytimes aren't so bad when I'm out on the road, but... Nights, I don't seem to be able to find anyone to talk to. Now that you're yeah, here... Yeah, well, uh, maybe we can have a drink sometime. Say, I'd sure like that. Then maybe we can get up a little game later. Well, maybe. I ushered E.K. Carson, the cribbage king, politely but firmly out of the door. I'd figured him for the man who wanted to talk about Alvin Summers. But all he apparently had on his mind was cribbage and zippers. I ambled on downstairs into the cantina next door. I cut my way through the smoke to the bar and looked around. A few tired-looking characters at the tables, and over in one corner, a little fellow bent over a guitar, eyes closed, and a world all his own. Then I saw the girl. Three stools down the bar from me. But when I looked up again after a drink, she was only one stool away. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Santa Tomas. Thanks. Really something, isn't he? Hmm? That guitar player. I saw you watching him. Oh. You know, those guys give me the creeps. They start playing and all of a sudden they're gone. Real far away. I don't think he even knows there's anybody else in here. Lucky man, huh? Yeah. It's funny. A cheap run-down bar like this. Nobody listening to him. Except us. And he's playing like he's on a cloud. Yeah. There's a flamenco singer like that up at the hotel. That night out on the terrace when she starts those wailing songs of hers. She gives me the creeps, too. Up at the hotel, the Playa del Mar? Yeah. Oh, he must be down here to see how the other half lives. Mm, you mean to see if anybody lives in this town? They sure picked me a great spot for a vacation. Pretty dull, huh? Real. At least, it has been. Oh? Say, uh, do you know that guy over there? The American at the corner table? Yeah, the muscle man. I sure don't. You, uh, certain? Of course I am. Why? Well, he's been staring at us. Oh. Never saw him before, huh? Mm -mm. Of course, I've never been in here before. Maybe he's the bouncer. He sure looks like he could qualify. Well, 
Look, he's leaving. Yeah, I guess we made him self-conscious. I guess I'd better leave, too. Where to, um... Gloria. Johnny. Johnny. I think I'll go back up to the hotel and change. Then what? I don't know. There's a moon tonight. Got a date? Mm-hmm. Me? Mm-hmm. When? On the terrace. Half an hour. She left, and I sat there a drink or two, thinking her over and wondering what her angle was. I was pretty sure she was interested in me for more than my manly charms. And it occurred to me that it might not be too unpleasant finding out what was on her mind. Especially if it could help me locate an embezzler named Alvin Summers. I went up to my room to change. When I got there, I found I had company. Close the door. Well, my friend from the bar downstairs. I said close the door. Okay. Why the gun? Turn around. Face the wall. Okay. Hands against the wall. Hey, look, what are you... Shut up. Well, if you're looking for my gun, it's under my left arm. Thanks. Now turn around. So what's this all about? That's just what you're going to tell me. What's your name? Johnny Dollar. I'll bet. Cross my heart. We'll try again. What's your name? I told you, Johnny Dollar. You can think of a better one than that. Wise up, Buster. It sounds so phony, it's got to be legitimate. And speaking of names, what's yours? I'm asking the questions. You're answering. Okay, we'll play it your way. What are you doing down here, Dollar? Look, I'll make a deal with you. You tell me why you want to know, and maybe I'll be... Don't play games with me, Dollar. Next time you get more than the barrel of the gun. (laughs) Hey, look, I don't know what this is all about. Okay, we'll cut out the question and answer routine. I know why you're here. Oh? So forget it, Dollar. Drop the whole thing and beat it. Maybe I'll like it around here. But you won't like it around here anymore, Dollar. You'll learn to hate it. You and that gun put up a pretty convincing argument. I'll give it to you once more, Dollar. Slow and easy so you can get it this time. Go on away. Don't ever come back. If you don't go now, you will never go. There'll be another exciting episode in the story of the Alvin Summers matter tomorrow. Tomorrow night, a threesome on a moonlit beach. A beautiful girl, me, and a guy with a knife. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. There you have the first portion, first part of five parts, the Alvin Summers matter on yours truly, Johnny Dollar. More after these words. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. Thanks, David. 11.37, we're here every Saturday and Sunday starting at 11 o'clock playing all your favorite classic radio shows, The Shadow, The Lone Ranger, Jack Benny, Abbott and Costello, Suspense, The Whistler, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, you name it. We have it here every weekend on the WGN Radio Theater. And uh, we are listening to a five-part Yours Truly Johnny Dollar Adventure called the Alvin Summers Matter. We just listened to part one. Right now, it's time for part two. From Hollywood, it's time now for Bob Bailey as... Johnny Dollar. Johnny, I thought we had a date. Oh, Gloria, I'm sorry, baby. I've already had a date. What? Remember the big gorilla at the corner table downstairs in the cantina? The one who kept staring at us? 
Sure, what about him? Well, he was waiting for me in my room just now. He didn't like the way I parted my hair, I guess, so he changed it with a gun barrel. Johnny, are you all right? Uh, aside from a lump or two, sure. Sounds to me like you need a little nursing, Johnny. I always do. It's beautiful out on the terrace tonight. <laughs> Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Santo Tomas, Mexico. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To the Home Office, Northeastern Fidelity and Bonding, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an account of additional expenses during my investigation of the Alvin Summers embezzlement case. <laughs> Item four, $3 American to Eduardo Moreno, M.D., the doctor who dressed the assorted lumps and bruises I'd collected from the strong arm who seemed quite convinced that I should leave town. For a moment, I'd figured he could be the man who was to contact me with information as to the whereabouts of Alvin Summers, the embezzler. But as it turned out, all he wanted to say to me was goodbye, and he said it very convincingly. But Gloria was waiting for me. She definitely seemed to want to get better acquainted. And although I didn't know what her angle was, I figured it might be fun finding out. I left the joint where I was staying and went up to the Playa del Mar, the big expensive hotel overlooking the sea. There was a terrace with some tables and a flamenco singer wailing at the moon. Gloria was at one of the tables. Hi. Johnny, what in the world happened to you when I talked to you over the phone? I'm sorry I'm late, Gloria. You can see by my face I ran into kind of a rough detour. You all right now? Yeah. Johnny, you said it was that man who kept staring at us in the bar where we met? That's the one. Real charming fellow. Muscles, too. What happened? I went to my room to change before coming up here. He was waiting for me, worked me over. The general idea was I should leave Santa Tomas in a hurry. But why? I don't know. Yet. But somewhere along the line, I'm going to make it a point to find out. Cigarette? Thanks. Well, looks like things are picking up a little. How so? I told you I'd found this place pretty dull so far. But now, with you getting beat up and told to get out of town, it's beginning to sound a little more interesting. Well, I could do with more dullness and a few less bruises, believe me. You must be down here on a lot more than just a vacation, Johnny. Oh, I don't know. A lot of people apparently come down here to this town just for a vacation. That's why you told me you came here, remember? There's only one difference. What's that, Gloria? I really am on a vacation, and I don't think you are. Oh? You're not the Santa Tomas type. Why not? Mexico City, maybe. Havana, maybe. But not Santa Tomas. No, I think you came down here to meet somebody. Or to find somebody. Okay. Suppose I did. Who would I be looking for? If you don't know, how would I? Looking for, uh, you, maybe? Oh, now that's the nicest thing that's been said to me all day. If you are, it's too bad I didn't know it sooner. Why? It would have made this town a little more bearable. Waiting. Or maybe you've been looking for me. <laughs> well, let's not be blunt here. I thought I was being so subtle. You have been looking for me? Well, I must admit I've been looking for someone who's alive in this town. Of course, what I should say is that I've always been looking for you, that I... Okay, okay. I guess that leaves me right where I started from. Hmm? Skip it. So, we're just two happy people on a vacation. Yeah. 
Okay, Johnny. Okay. Hey, that music. That the flamenco singer you were telling me about? Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty weird, doesn't she? But I like it. You know something? Hmm? Sounds even weirder from down below on the beach. Oh? Like to see for yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd like to. Well, give me a minute. What's the matter? Speaking of people staring at you... That guy again? Where is he? No, it's a little man this time. Over at the end of the terrace, see? Hmm? Oh, that's Benito. Who? The bellboy at my hotel. Excuse me a minute. Be right back. Sure. Senor Dollar. Hiya, Benito. The desk clerk told me you'd come up here. What's on your mind? You told me you'd pay me money if I could get some information for you. That's right. I want to know if anybody's been trying to contact me. You turn up anything? Not about that, senor, but the picture you showed The me. one of Alvin Summers? See, si. I told you I thought I'd seen him here in Santo Tomas. Now I'm sure of it. Good boy. Tonight I talked to a friend of mine. I described senor Summers to him. He told me he used to work for him as a houseboy. Good. Did he tell you where Summers is now? No, he could not tell me that. Couldn't or wouldn't? I do not know, senor, but he tell me where the house is that Summers lived. Where is it? You could not find it, senor. It's in from the beach in the jungle a little way. I would have to take you there. All right, let's go. Not now. I'm supposed to be on duty back at the hotel. I, I must get down there at once before the hotel clerk finds out I'm gone. When do you get off duty? At midnight. I'll come to your room then and... Take you to Senor Summer's house. Okay, midnight. Good boy, Benino. Uh, <clears throat> a real good boy, Senor? Mm. Oh, yeah. Here. Oh, gracias, Senor. Mm. <laughs> but uh, you should not have come here. Now, look, I've already had one guy tell me to leave town tonight. Don't you start. No, I mean you should not have come here to the Playa del Mar. Oh, why not? Because... After you pay your check here, senors, you'll not have any more money left to pay me with. <laughs> well, don't worry about it, Benito. I'll bully you through somehow. See you later. Si, senor. Well, hello, Dollar. Oh, no. Carson, E.K. Carson, remember? Sure, the zipper salesman. What brings you up here? Oh, same thing as you, friend. Out doing a little stepping. I thought you told me down at the hotel that you... I walked into my room and started to reach for the light switch. Then I froze. The moonlight was streaming in through the louvered door to the balcony, and I could see a silhouette against it. Somebody was out on that balcony, crouching against the door. Slowly, carefully, I eased over to it, then suddenly jerked it open. Bonito. And I knew I wasn't going to get any more information about Alvin Summers out of him. After all, you can't do much talking when your throat's been cut. There'll be another exciting episode in our story of the Alvin Summers matter tomorrow. Tomorrow? Well, there are some people you just wouldn't want to meet in a dark alley. But sometimes it can't be helped. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. There you have part two of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. That was from October 25th, 1955. We will have parts three, four, and five along with... A quarter-hour episode of The Unexpected, all the way to 2 o'clock in the morning, right here 
on the WGN Radio Theater. Stick around. All right, we're listening to yours truly, Johnny Dollar. And I've been including Johnny Dollars, Lisa, every few months or so in the Classic Radio Club. So, folks, make sure you uh, check out our website, ClassicRadioClub.com. It's where you can join, like, hundreds and hundreds of your fellow listeners and receive 10 of the best-sounding, best-quality, best-storyline shows of all the golden age of radio programs in our library, 10 every month, sent to you via digital download or on five CDs, along with liner notes. It's every month you get 10 shows by joining the Classic Radio Club. All the information is there at ClassicRadioClub.com. And uh, you know what, Lisa? What, Carl? You'll be getting your October shows pretty soon. It is almost October. That's yeah. crazy. It's almost Halloween, which you is know what? exciting it's my for favorite. Us. It's my second favorite month because... In October, we play a lot of scary radio shows here on WGN. A lot of, like, well, Lights Out, and we have Inner Sanctum Mysteries and Suspense and The Whistler because of Halloween. Well, October's my favorite month, too. It is. <laughs> it's my birthday. Yes, it All is. All right. The proud, honorable men and women of our military are sacrificing their lives and their families for our freedom. Please take time to remember and pray for our men and women fighting overseas. This salute, courtesy of Alley 64 Bar and Grill in Palatine. They're the best kept secret in town. Stop by 2001 North Rand Road in Palatine or call 847-934-640. 847-934-6408. That's Alley 64 Bar and Grill on the air, saluting our troops. Our producer tonight, Shante Garth, is doing a great job as always. always. She's our regular producer. We love her. She's awesome. Uh, in our next hour, we will be tuning in to part three and part four of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, the Alvin Summers Matter. Bob Bailey. There was a great picture of Bob Bailey. On our uh, is it, fun fact. on our fun fact, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So check that out. You can just go uh, to Facebook and then search WGN Radio Theater, right? And you will see our uh, Facebook page, and we have a fun fact about. We're also going to be doing our game. Guess that song? Oh yeah! And we're going to be giving away a desktop indoor weather station, which is an awesome gift. Says right, nineteen seventy two. The two songs. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to do that at the top of the hour. Then it's uh, episodes three and four of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. All right, eight minutes after midnight in this hour, we'll have uh, episodes three and four of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey in the Alvin Summers Matter from 1955. But right now it's time to play our game, Cat's Pride's Guess That Song. Yep, we are still on 1972. The whole weekend is 1972. And we are going to look for caller number three. That's number three, so call now, 312-981-7200. We will be giving away a desktop indoor weather station, and we'll be right back. Guess that song. All right, we're going to guess that song. We've got John on the phone to play the game with us. Hey, John. Hello, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Hi, John. Doing, doing great, thanks. Hey. Good. Well, 72 is a good year for one and for music, so uh, we've got a great song here. Let's see the first song. Mama, I'm depending on you. Tell me the truth. Mm, God, got a I good like that beat song. to it, doesn't it? You know that one, John? 
I do. That's Papa was a Rolling Stone. Yep. You are absolutely right. That's the Temptations. Let's hear a couple seconds. Mama, I'm depending on you. See, they don't make songs they like this don't. anymore, you know, John? It's a great song. You approve of my choice, Carl? Wherever he left is his home. It's good, right? It's a great song. It's a great song. Yeah. So, a little fun fact about this song. The album version of the song runs 11 minutes, 46 seconds. It's not long enough. Almost 12 minutes. So, the single was released with the song split into two parts. So, the A side was the vocal version for six and a half minutes, almost seven minutes. And the B side was the instrumental version for uh, four minutes, 49 wow, seconds. I didn't know that. See? You learned Remember something. Remember the little yellow thing you put in the, I do, <laughs> the in 45? The, in the center? I used to throw those yeah. at my sisters and brother. We'd flip them around. <laughs> around the, the uh, living room. The little room. discs yeah. inside of the rack. Throw them at each other. I know. All right, let's go on to song number two. This is a great song as well. No, I would not give you false hope now on the uh, <laughs> Carl. I don't like Simon. that song. Yeah? I was Paul Simon, Mother and Child Reunion. That's a good... Yeah, Gosh, that's John, it. he's good. What do you mean you don't like that song, Carl? Yeah. What's the matter with you? Yeah. Oh, come on. You have no eh. sentiment. Let's but John knows his stuff. I'll no tell you. No sentimental the smartest listeners here. in all of radio. He doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> feel anything. All right, let's hear it's it. It's like, eh. No, I would not Great song. Maybe you have to be a mother. mother and That's a great tune, Carl. You're uh, wrong. Not really. <laughs> it's a wrong. Do you like this one, John? I would turn the dial. Do you like uh, it? There are other Paul Simon songs I like better. See, John and I are on the same page. <laughs> Maybe you have to be. It's okay. All right. This was Paul Simon's first single as a solo artist. So, you know, maybe he evolved, but I liked it. I liked him as uh, I liked him as a chicken on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Remember when he <laughs> dressed up as a chicken? That was hilarious. He was great. Well, John, you were the winner here. You have won the desktop indoor weather station brought to you by American Weathermakers Heating and Cooling. They are the 60-Minute Men. Visit American weathermakers.com. Thank you so much, John. You did a fantastic job. It was Way a lot to of fun. go, John. Thank you, guys. It was fun. All Take right, buddy. care. Take care. All right. Well, we're here every Saturday and Sunday, beginning at 11. On Saturdays, we're here three hours. On Sundays, two hours. So five hours a week of all your favorite classic radio shows. And, of course, we've got another segment of, of Guess That Song, Rogers Dancing, in the, in the hallway here. And we'll be doing that again. Luckily for our <laughs> listeners, this is only radio. <laughs> I know. We'll be doing that again at the beginning of Hour 3. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Elaine from Seinfeld. Remember her dancing? <laughs> yeah, she was coordinated compared Wasn't to Roger. Wasn't she great? Oh, I, I just that. saw her great. do that on Seinfeld just a couple days Hilarious. ago. And I just love it every time. One of the so. greatest. Uh, if you haven't seen it, look it up. Watch Elaine dance of on all Seinfeld. Time. Seinfeld. I could watch it over and over, you know? Seinfeld. Oh, I know. I mean, even it's if I've on. seen That's like, why it's the on. same episode ten times, Doesn't I could matter. still... The other show that I like do that with is The Office. Oh, The Office? The you Office, know, I could watch over and over. I feel like I've missed some things. You sort of have to start from the beginning, yeah. and you have to go in order. Gosh. Steve Carell what is really, great, truly fantastic. Great show. Yeah. All right, well, we're listening to a great radio show, Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. As we talked about earlier, this was on the air a long, long time. A lot of actors played the role of Johnny Dollar. The very first actor was in an audition recording, and that was Dick Powell.
He went on to play Richard Diamond, Private Detective, some other detectives on radio. He did not play Johnny Dollar in the series, but he was tapped for the audition record. It didn't sell with him, and so then they went on to other actors, including Edmund O'Brien, who was a big movie star at the time, so they were able to land a movie star to play this role. Then John Lund, Bob Bailey, probably the best loved of the Johnny Dollars is Bob Bailey, who we're listening to tonight. Also, Mandel Kramer played the role. But it was one of the last radio shows on, you know, last dramatic radio shows on radio because it lasted until 1962, which is, I mean, most of these classic yeah. radio shows were long gone wow, by we this time. we were watching television already. Yeah, long yeah. gone. Um, but we're listening to Johnny Dollar, five-part adventure called The Alvin Summers Matter. We are up to part three now from October 26, 1955. Here's yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Hollywood, it's time now for Bob Bailey as... Johnny Dollar. This is Lieutenant Gomez of the Santo Tomas Police Department. Oh, yeah, Lieutenant. I have been trying to reach you for some time. Sorry, I was out making some funeral arrangements. It is about the dead man that I wish to speak to you, senor. Fire away, Lieutenant. What's on your mind? Precisely the question I was about to ask you. What do you mean? Surely I do not need to remind you that Benito Escanza was found dead in your hotel room earlier this evening. You certainly don't. But I've already told one of your cops the whole story. Perhaps. Perhaps not. I suggest that you come to see me so that we can discuss it further. Is that an invitation or an order? Uh, let us call it an invitation. But if you do not accept, we will have to come and get you. <laughs> Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Santo Tomas, Mexico. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To the Home Office, Northeastern Fidelity and Bonding, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an account of additional expenses during my investigation of the Alvin Summers $75,000 embezzlement case. Item six, $25 American. Funeral and burial expenses for Benito the Bellboy. Somebody had to do it, and he apparently had no family. After I made the arrangements with the town's undertaker, I went back to my room and received Lieutenant Gomez's polite but firm invitation to drop in on him. So I went on down to police headquarters. Sit down, Senor Dollar. Thanks, Lieutenant. So... So, the autopsy has confirmed the fact that Benito Escanza died from knife wounds. I didn't need an autopsy to tell me that. It was obvious. But what is not obvious is your part in all of this. Look, the story hasn't changed a bit since I told it to your Sergeant Romero. I went back to my room at midnight. I opened my balcony door and enrolled Benito. His throat had been cut. That is the story. As to what is behind the story, that may well be another matter. For instance? For instance... In a case such as this, everyone is a potential suspect. Everyone, including you. Isn't this being pretty ridiculous, Gomez? Is it? Then perhaps you would be kind enough to tell me if there was some legitimate reason Benito had his throat cut in your hotel room. Well, in the first place, if you're interested in alibis, I've got one. Indeed? Indeed. I was with a girl named Gloria Harris up at the Hotel Playa del Mar all evening. You can check that. Oh, you may be quite certain that I am checking on all your activities this evening, senor. In the second place, if you're interested in motives, I don't have one. No? 
Why would I want to kill Benito when I was hoping to get some information from him? Information of what sort, Senor Dollar? Oh, I guess I'd better start at the top, Lieutenant. Here's my card. You're an insurance investigator. That's right. About six months ago, a man named Alvin Summers up in the States embezzled $75,000 from the company he worked for. The outfit I'm representing in the deal wrote the bond on him, so they were stuck for the money. $75,000. A couple of days ago, they got a long-distance phone call from down here in Santo Tomas. The man who called claimed that he had information about Alvin Summers. That's why I came down here. Now, who was the man who telephoned? We don't know. I came on the chance that he might contact me here, or that I might get some kind of lead on Alvin Summers' whereabouts. And have you? No, on both counts. Benito said he knew about a place where Summers used to live. He was going to take me there tonight. But apparently somebody had other ideas. And a knife to back them up. I see. And nobody has tried to contact you? Oh, sure, sure. Several people have. But always for the wrong reason. First, there was a man named Carson, a zipper salesman. He contacted me for the purpose of setting up a cribbage game. Cribbage? What is this cribbage? Now, that's something I hope I never find out. Hmm? Then there was a strong arm who bounced me around with a gun barrel and suggested politely that I wanted to leave town. Oh? Uh, What did he look like? Well, he was heavy in the shoulders, thick neck, low forehead, short dark hair, scar over the bridge of his nose. Scar? That would be Senor Kraus. You know him? I know him by sight. Who is he? What's his pitch? That is something I do not know. Senor, you must understand that Santo Tomas is a rather strange town and a dangerous one. Come in. Hey, Lieutenant. Can't you see that I'm busy, Sergeant Romero? A body is about Senor Dollar. Oh. Well, uh, what is it? Well, I have talked to a Senorita Gloria Harris at the Hotel Playa del Mar. She said that Senor Dollar was with her throughout the evening. <laughs> Very well, Romero. Uh, one thing more. We have just arrested a man, an uh, American tourista, uh, Senor Carson. I will talk to him when I have time. Hey, wait a minute. That's the zipper salesman I was telling you about. Indeed? Yeah. Hey, look, maybe he ties into this deal after all. What's the charge? Romero? Uh, is it disturbing the peace? Oh, great. Just when I thought I had a lead. What's the matter? He got a few too many under his belt, maybe? Well, Romero? Uh, here, here's the report. The Senor Carson is outside. Gracias. That will be all. Uh, I will talk to the man. Si, Lieutenant. Senor Donald? If you know this man, perhaps you had better come with me. Okay. Hey, I'm sure glad to see you. Hiya, Carson. What seems to be the trouble? Well, it, it wasn't as much as they made a dollar. Fella goes out stepping. Sometimes he, well, well, you know. Yeah, he steps a little too far. Well, I was only having a little fun. Senor Carson, this report states that you are at the Hotel Playa del Mar this evening. Uh, that's right. But now, Lieutenant... It further but... states that you became increasingly noisy and that at one point, during a dance by an entertainer... You grabbed the serape from one of the musicians and attempted to join in the dance. Now, now, Lieutenant, maybe I was a little out of line, but I... Further, that when the dancer refused to dance with you, you chased her around the patio several times. Trying to sell her a zipper, maybe? Oh, no, Dollar, let up on a guy, will you? And that, finally, when the musician attempted to get his serape away from you, you broke his guitar over his head. Say, when you get going, you're a real tiger, aren't you? Are these things true, Senor Carson? Well, I, I suppose the facts are correct, but they sound different somehow down here. I was just trying to have a little fun, you know. See, uh, Sergeant Romero will conduct you to the magistrate. Romero! 
A dollar? You're just going to stand there and not do anything? After all, we both live at the same hotel, and... And... And? Oh, you're a big help. What'll happen to him, Lieutenant? Oh, you will have to pay the damages, and there will be a fine. Which will probably go on his expense account. Lieutenant, you started to tell me about this Beetlebrow Krauss who put a few dents in me. I started to say that before the people from Mexico City built the new hotel, this town unfortunately used to be something of a haven for undesirable characters from the United States. Fugitives, huh? Some of them still remain. And although I know very little about Senor Krauss, it is probable that he is one of them. Could be. You say that he and Senor Carson are the only ones who have made any effort to contact you? Yeah, except for Gloria Harris, of course. I still haven't found out what's on her mind. Hmm? I mean, what else is on her mind. She says she's down here on a vacation. Indeed. In that case, it has certainly been a long vacation. What do you mean? She's been here for several months, to my knowledge. Well, well. Now, that's very interesting, Lieutenant. Thanks. Anything else you want to ask me about, Benito? Uh, not at uh, the moment, but I suggest you remain available. You know where to find me. One moment, Senor Dollar. Hmm? Uh, word of warning. As I told you, this town can be a dangerous place. I would suggest that you be quite careful. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one thing I wish to impress upon you. If you are at any time tempted during your investigation to take the law into your own hands... I assure you that you would regret it. Well, in that case, I hope you're around when and if I need you. Whether or not I am available, the warning still applies. Okay. Be seeing you. Johnny. Well, Gloria, I thought you were tucked in for the night. I couldn't sleep, so I called your hotel. Oh? He told me that the bellboy had been murdered, that you were at the police station, so I came down here. Is there anything I can do? Not for Benito, I'm afraid. He was killed in your room? Yeah. You think he could have been killed by mistake? Mistake? You mean maybe I was supposed to be the target? Hey, it's a thought. Johnny, you're in trouble of some kind. We should tell me what it is. You're not just down here on a vacation. Speaking of vacations, Gloria, let's... Johnny, what is it? Keep looking straight ahead. There's somebody across the street in the shadows. He's tailing us. Oh. Can you see who it is? When he goes past that light, I'll be... Well, what do you know? My old friend Krauss again. You mean the man who came to your room and was looking for you on the beach? That's the boy. Funny how he always seems to pop up when I'm with you. Johnny, I tell you, I don't know Doesn't him. Doesn't matter right now. Come on. Turn into the alley here. Okay. Now keep going straight down this alley and out the other end. Go back to your hotel and I'll call you there later. I may be a while. What are you going to do? Wait for him. No, Johnny. Look, Gloria, don't give me any argument this time. Get going. After she was out of sight, I ducked into a doorway. Then I waited. Yeah, Krauss was following all right. I waited until he got right up to me. And I dove at him. You! That's right, me. Drop the gun. Drop it! Yeah, this time I'm ready for you, sweetheart. Funny thing about me, Krauss. I don't like guys working over me with a gun barrel. Ever. All right. Now you're going to tell me what this is all about. Why you've been tailing me. Why you worked me over with a gun barrel in my room last night. I want to hear all about it. You know why. Talk. I said talk. 
You're not taking me back. Taking you back? I know you came down here after me, but I ain't going back. What are you talking about? You know what happens to a three-time loser? Three-time loser? Want me back home? You gotta carry me. Hey, wait a minute. You ever hear of a man named Alvin Summers? Oh? How about Gloria Harris? No, no, no. You sure about that, Cross? Look, Don. Look, I'm telling you the truth. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you are. You're too punchy right now to give me a routine. Yeah, I think I get it. You're wanted in the States. You figured I was a cop and came down here to make a pinch. Brother, right now, I sure wish I was. You mean you... No, I'm no cop. Uh, you say you made a mistake. You sure did, Buster. Um, no hard feelings? Oh, no, no, not at all. I just love the feel of a gun barrel whipping across my face. Kraus, I got a nice little piece of advice for you. Next time, you better find out what the score is before you jump into the ball game. I left him there in the alley and went back to my hotel. Then, just as I was about to open the door to my room, I heard someone moving around inside. I went quietly down to the end of the hall, out the window, then eased along the balcony back toward my room. Inside, it was dark, but I could make out someone bent over my luggage, searching it. I edged across the room, slowly... Then I lunged. Ah! Hello, Gloria. Johnny. Yeah, Johnny. Helping me unpack, maybe. Look, I, uh, I can explain, Johnny. You know something? That's just exactly what you're going to do. There'll be another exciting episode in our story of the Alvin Summers matter tomorrow. Tomorrow night, how to fall into a trap in one easy lesson. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Boy, that Johnny Dollar, he's tough, huh, Lisa? He means business, Carl. Don't mess with yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Johnny Dollar. No way. That's part three of a five-part adventure, Bob Bailey starring... He has the man with the action-packed expense account. Let's take a break. Then it's uh, news, and then parts number four, and then we'll listen to part five in our next hour, along with the unexpected, but first, these words. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. Drivers, please use good judgment and drive sensibly and soberly. One moment of caution can prevent a lifetime of regret. This reminder, courtesy of Budrek Trucking in University Park. They're serving you with quality and pride. For information, call 708-496-0522. 708-496-0522. That's Budrek Towing of University Park on the air for the safety of our great community. You know, we get lots of texts from people that want to hear certain radio shows, I would have to say that Jack Benny, Suspense, The Shadow, and Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar are probably the ones asked for the most. We get a lot of Boston Blackie, Yeah, too. we do. Boston Blackie That's also. a big one. And, yeah. Um, yeah. But Johnny Dollar, we get asked a lot uh, for. We're getting a lot of texts, and everybody's really happy to hear Johnny yeah. Dollar. So it seems to be going over well. These great radio shows were the precursor to the television shows. Now, although Johnny Dollar was never on television. Right. But, you know, you watch these great television shows like Jack Benny, Have Gun, Will Travel, 
Gunsmoke, Boston Blackie, as you mentioned, Red Skelton, Milton Berle, all of these shows originated on radio. And that's why we feel like uh, we never want to let that die because the, there was so much great entertainment that made a transition to television. Many people remember the TV shows. They may not remember the radio shows. We want to introduce those to you. I was going to say, even those that, like like us, that don't remember a lot of the television shows that were on before our time, it is such a great introduction either way, whether we're familiar with the TV show or not. It's, it's one of the greatest... Um, greatest eras, the golden age of radio, you know, Lux Radio Theater, Jack Benny, Abbott and Costello, they all had their uh, starts, uh, their start on radio. So that's why we're here every Saturday and Sunday night for five hours for you, playing all your favorite shows. We love getting texts from you as to what you want to hear. And uh, hopefully all of you Johnny Dollar fans are are being satisfied because we have a five-part adventure for you. It's time now for part three. This is, uh, uh, I, I should say, part four, rather. Part four now of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is going back to October 27, 1955. Part four of the Alvin Summers Matter on yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Hollywood, it's time now for Bob Bailey as... Johnny Dollar. Yeah, remember me, sweetheart? Johnny, I didn't think... I'm the guy you were making the big pitch for. Dancing, moonlight on the beach, the complete routine. Oh, I gotta hand it to you, baby. That was real nice acting. No, it wasn't acting, Johnny. I meant it, all of it. Oh, sure, Gloria, sure. That's why I catch you here and searching my room. That's all part of the big romance, huh? I can explain. And that's just what you're gonna do. Hey, look, Gloria, one guy has already wound up dead on this deal. I've got a strong hunch I'm number two man on the list. And this baby I do not want. Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator, yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Santo Tomas, Mexico. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To the Home Office, Northeastern Fidelity and Bonding, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an account of additional expenses during my investigation of the Alvin Summers embezzlement of $75,000. Item 9, $17.60. Business entertainment for one Gloria Harris. Believe it or not, I wasn't going to put that item on the account because I figured it might just possibly be a private romance. But when I caught Gloria searching my hotel room, I knew she tied into the deal somehow. That she could give me information on Summer's whereabouts. Johnny, please. Oh, no. You're not leaving, Gloria. Not yet. I'm not trying to get away. I... Oh, it's the use. You'd never believe me. Why should I? You lied to me. I lied to you once. Only once. When I told you I'm here on a vacation... I'm not. Surprise. The truth is, I'm stranded down here. Stranded? Oh, sure. That's why you're staying at the Playa del Mar, the most expensive hotel in town. I don't mean no money. I mean no passport. Oh. It's true. You got a cigarette, Johnny? Yeah, here. Thanks. Yeah. I've been stuck in this ratty town for four months now. Hoping every day that I could figure out some way or find somebody to help me get back to the States. How come you picked this town? Assuming I believe you. Because I heard that fugitives from the States sometimes came here. I've been drifting around for a year from place to place. I guess I thought my luck had changed here. 
Well, it hasn't. How'd you lose your passport in the first place? I'll tell you if you really want to know, Johnny. Personally, I'd rather skip it. It's a long story, not a very pretty one. And it's all in the past. Let's just say I made a mistake about a guy. Okay, Gloria, okay. But there's one little item you haven't told me. Why you were searching my room just now. Because I was trying to find out something about you, Johnny. The reason why you're down here. Why? So maybe I could make a deal with you. Deal? You help me get a passport. And I'll help you. How can you help me? You're looking for Alvin Summers, aren't you? Oh, am I? Six months ago, he embezzled $75,000 up in the States and took off. Go on. You came down here to find him. You're an insurance investigator. Keep talking. That's all. That's it. Now maybe you wouldn't mind telling me how you know all of... Oh, sure. That report in my suitcase. In the picture. Alvin Summers, I know him. I can help you, Johnny. Where is he? First, I've got to know if you'll help me. The passport? The passport. Well, what do you expect me to do about that? In your business, Johnny, you must meet a lot of people, all kinds. Maybe one of them has an extra passport or two for a price, maybe. All right, I'll see what I can do. That the best you can say? That's the best. Take it or leave it. All right, I'll take it. I haven't any choice. Now, about Alvin Summers. I'll take you there, to Summers Place. Where is it? Down the beach, about a mile below town. Then into the jungle a little way. How come you know where it is? I met Alvin Summers a couple of months ago. Here in Santa Tomas? Yeah. I went there once for dinner. Okay, you take me there, Gloria. First, I'd better go up to the hotel and change. The country's pretty rough on clothes. Okay, I'll meet you at your hotel in half an hour. Johnny. Mm. I only lied to you about one thing. The reason I was down here. The rest of it I meant... Last night, on the terrace and on the beach, I meant all of it. Really, Johnny, and I mean this. You know, I'm kind of glad you told me that. See you in half an hour. I stayed there a while after she left, going over the case in my mind. Maybe she was telling me the truth. But whether she was or not, I had to follow up any lead I could find because I was getting nowhere the way things were. Half an hour later, as I was starting out of my room to go pick her up, my phone rang. It was a long-distance call from the States. Fred Wilkins at Northeastern Fidelity, Johnny. Hi, Fred. Well, how's the fishing down there? Fishing? A matter of fact, it hasn't been so good so far, Fred. Ah, that's too bad, but I'll bet the swimming is all right, huh? Whoa there, what's eating you? I didn't send you down there for a vacation. Well, you got a great sense of humor. You should see this place vacation. Then what have you been doing down there? Well, what do you think I've been doing? I've been looking for whoever it was that telephoned you and said he had information on Alvin Summers. You couldn't have been looking very hard. He called me again this morning. He what? That's right. He wondered if I'd sent anyone down there yet. Hey, look, Fred, this guy is not easy to find, believe me. And I think I know Why? Obviously, somebody doesn't want him to talk, and that somebody could be Alvin Summers, about one jump behind him. Summers, you, you think he's around there? Could be. I'm leaving right now to find out. I've got a lead on where he lives. Uh, there's somebody at the door. I'll call you when I get anything. Do that. Brother, fishing. Oh, Lieutenant Gomez. Uh, well, look, I'm in sort of a hurry right now. This will not take long. Okay. What is it, Lieutenant? Early this morning, one of my men found Senor Kraus in the alley. How is he feeling? 
he had been badly beaten. He would not tell us anything, but it was fairly obvious who had done this to him. So? So, the last time we talked, Senor Dollar, I warned you not to attempt to take the law into your own hands. Now listen, Gomez, if you think I'm going to take a pistol whipping like he gave me and not do anything about do it... Do gotta... not misunderstand. I care nothing about Kraus personally or what happens to him. I'm thinking about something more important. For instance? You are looking for Alvin Summers, a man who quite obviously does not want to be found. So? So, when you find him, it is quite possible that there will be trouble. Granted. But let's face a few facts, Lieutenant. You and your boys can't help me. You're in charge of the Santa Tomas Police Force, all two men. And I imagine you've got a few other things on your mind besides an ambassador from the States and an insurance investigator. Let me So that means true. I've got to do it on my own. Very well, Senor Dollar. This morning I attended the funeral of Benito Inscanza, who was killed because he had information about Alvin Somers. If you find Summers and take the law into your own hands again, I fear I may have to attend another funeral. Yours. That's what I liked about Gomez. He was the cheerful type. Well, I picked up Gloria at her hotel and we headed for Summers' place. We walked down the beach about a mile below town. The beach kept narrowing as the jungle crowded closer and closer to the water. This place is in from the beach aways. There's a little path pretty soon that leads in. You could walk right by it and never see it. Here it is. And that's just what we'll do. Hmm? Walk right by it. I don't want to lead anyone else here. There's nobody else on the beach. I'm not talking about the beach. That's a regular jungle in there. Twenty people could be watching us, so we'd never see them. Oh, I guess so. Okay. We'll go in here, then work our way back to the path. Brother, this is pretty thick in here. Yeah. Oh, you're walking through thick brush like this. You always feel like somebody's watching you. Imagination gets pretty strong sometimes. I think it's a little more than imagination. What do you mean? Stop a minute. Listen. I don't hear him. Johnny. Yeah, somebody's tailing us again. Look. Keep moving straight ahead. I'm going to circle and see if I can intercept him. All right, but be careful. Gloria moved on and I started circling to the right Every few seconds I'd stop and listen Yeah, he was still there I pegged the direction of the sound and started edging toward it slowly Then my foot caught on a bar I scrambled to my feet and kept going in the same direction There was a small clearing ahead I reached it, stopped and listened Nothing Whoever I was chasing seemed to know the country better than I did He disappeared I caught up with Gloria a couple of hundred yards farther along the trail. Any luck, Johnny? No. Whoever it is is pretty good at keeping out of sight. Well, are you sure it was a person? It might have been some kind of animal. Yeah, maybe. You can see a corner of Alvin Summer's hut from here. Past that big tree. Yeah, come on. And stay behind me. All right. If there's any trouble... I think there will be. Look, a guy who's this careful about hiding doesn't usually welcome visitors. Quiet now. No sign of life. Keep back against the wall. I'm going to open the door. Hmm. Okay, Gloria. Nobody home, huh? Nobody home. Well, he seems to have a pretty comfortable place here. You like to live in jungles. Hmm. 
Yeah. What? Looks like he hasn't been around for several days. Oh? The food in these cupboards, pretty moldy. Yeah, I guess they've cleared out. They? Uh-huh. He and whoever was here with him. What makes you think someone was? For one thing, two sets of dirty dishes over there. Maybe he just wasn't neat. He'd have to have been awfully neat to use two toothbrushes and two kinds of toothpaste and two people have been eating at this table. See the crumbs? Maybe there's something around here that could give you a clue to where he might be now. Maybe. If he's still alive. What do you mean? You think he isn't? Oh, I don't know. But if somebody else was living here, too, it could mean he had a partner in this deal. And it's a funny thing about that kind of playmates. Sooner or later, they start quarreling about who's going to hold the marbles. $75,000 worth in this case. Johnny, if he is dead, that leaves you nowhere. Maybe not. Listen. What? Yeah. Sounds like our shadow is somewhere outside. Keep talking, Gloria. Normal tone. I'm going out the back way and see if I can spot him. Why don't you look around the hut, Johnny? Gloria kept up a line of patter while I slipped out the back door and into the brush. I listened. You want me to do anything? Nothing but the sound of Gloria's voice. He had to be somewhere near. But where? I worked my way around to the front of the cabin, still under cover. No sign. I kept on around the other side. Then as I started to climb over a fallen tree trunk, I saw a shadow out of the corner of my eye. Hold it. Don't turn around. The voice was behind me. I could see the rest of the shadow now, a hand with a gun. And I knew it was zeroed in on my backbone. I said hold it. I'm holding. Drop your gun. Kick it backwards, quick. Hey, look, whoever you are... Don't turn around. Okay. And don't try to move. Mind telling me... Keep your eyes straight ahead. Any move, any move at all, it'll be your last. be the final exciting episode in our story of the Alvin Summers matter tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow, how to find out what you've been looking for the hard way. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. All right, that is part four of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, the Alvin Summers Matter, going back to October 27, 1955. As the announcer said there, there's the exciting conclusion. We'll have that in our uh, 2 a.m. hour, along with the unexpected, a good mystery. We won't be here for the 2 a.m. hour, but we will be here oh, for yeah. the 1 a.m. Sorry. hour. Sorry. <laughs> 1 a.m., that's right. We'll be I'm, driving I'm home. I'm too. We'll be driving home you. at 2 a.m. <laughs> Forgot about that, yeah. Dave yeah, Player conf- might have something to say about that. I get confused. I know you do. You know, I'm easily confused, Lisa. I, I noticed that. I've yeah. noticed that since I met you. Really? It's been a long time. <laughs> I'm the one that gets lost, what but you're the one did, that gets confused. What year did we meet? Like 2003 well, or 4? Well, it was before the other radio show 2003 maybe let's see when did we start the other radio show yeah 2004 so it was just just before you started that show that is say we started that show how have you put up with me all these years some days um i'm not sure i do want to (laughs) (laughs) someday she probably says "Ugh, i gotta see carl again for the show yeah some Uh, days that happens that run through your mind some days are better days than others i I got good days and bad days with you listen i don't even want to hang out with me sometimes um 
You know? Mo- most of the time, it's good. Yeah, okay, But good. every now most and then, the you get time. a little cranky. Uh, right, Chante? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. All right, let's take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. So are you going to buy a new bathing suit for our cruise uh, um, August 1st? Well, How I many was, bathing suits are you going to buy? I was kind of thinking, you know, a little slinky bikini, maybe with some rhinestones on it. Oh, really? Wow, that'll <laughs> yeah, be good. Not, no. <laughs> Just joking. Um, no, what but, do you have, like a one piece? What do you have, one pieces or two pieces? What do you, what's Bating a two-ya? What's a two-ya? I'm just trying to, you know, trying to get trying an to image prepare. in your brain. Trying to prepare because I'm thinking I'm going to probably I'm probably going to bring a one piece. Are you thinking about what I'm going to be wearing? Well, <laughs> of course. Okay, we're going to Bermuda. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to wear? Two piece we're or one on piece? Because I'm wearing a one piece. Well, I could go either way. Mm-hmm. I could do both. Yeah, depends on the so day. So when you're packing for this cruise coming right. up in uh, in August, mm-hmm. August 2020. Yeah, August first, we're leaving for Bermuda. We're flying to New York. It takes out of New York. It goes to Hamilton and St. George. That's right. right? Those are two on islands Oceana, in Bermuda. Oceana which is cruises. Great cruise. So Very what I want to know is how many bathing suits are you bringing? Two. 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 You'll rotate them? That seems like the right number. Right. Yeah. So if one's wet, you could always put on the other one. That's true. That's plenty. That's what I'm bringing. Two bathing suits. Two is perfect. You know, you don't want to overpack. The, you just got to put it all in one nice small suitcase and just go. Right. You don't need too much. Don't let it, you know, bog you down, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, I get you. Like okay. nice and easy and yeah. it's very relaxed. We're going, uh, like you said, an Oceana Cruises. The name of the ship is Insignia. It's seven nights beginning August 1st, 2020. Insignia is a fantastic ship. It's completely reimagined. There's uh, four unique open seating restaurants. There's a fitness center, a spa. There's eight lounges and bars. There's a casino, which I know I'm going to find you at. Of course, there's multiple pools and there's uh, shore excursions, um, which are a lot of fun and we yeah, can you know what's the most important thing? We're going to be there. The food. It's a classic radio cruise, and that's what's most yep. important. Great because food. Because not only is it going to be a great cruise, but we're going to have a lot of fun um, with our classic radio fun. We're going to do trivia contests and cocktail parties, and we're going to do a reenactment, and we're going to talk classic radio. And our listeners that are coming with yep. are going to be in the reenactment. Yes, they are. They're going to play Lamont Cranston, The Shadow, or whatever reenactments we do. And we're just going to have the opportunity to hang out together and have dinner. Yeah, and, get to and, know our listeners. Have a glass of wine together. Yeah. So that sounds great. We're going to bring some Roma wine, and we're going to have some fun. <laughs> we're going to bring your uh, what's the cream? The oil for the hair? The, oh, uh, uh, wild wild root, root cream, cream oil. oil. We're going to yeah, have some Sam fun Spade. together. So um, this is what you have to do: call Keen Luxury Travel. They're our travel agent. They got us a fantastic group rate. It starts at eleven ninety nine a person. That's all inclusive for seven nights. All your food, um, everything. We have a limited number of rooms. I know a whole group of people have already signed up don't wait sign up now the number is 800-856-1155 800-856-1155 or go to wgnradiotheater.com click the cruise banner get more information we hope you'll come sail away with us and like what what i want to know too is like what 
suntan what? screen do you suntan what number screen? like 70 80 what <laughs> suntan do you use? screen yeah like a <laughs> suntan lotion screen what do you right. call that sunscreen yeah sunscreen <laughs> <laughs> what do you what number do you use about 8000 yeah because that's what i need me, Lisa will be. I'll be the, wearing the hat and the sunscreen, and yeah. I'll be wearing like long sleeves. Will you have like that thing on your nose, like the like the a bunch of uh, zinc? Something it's that your, white zinc you put on your nose. She will be the whitest person on the cruise. You, that that didn't come out. You're right. so white. <laughs> She's a lily white. She will be that, that the most lily white person on the cruise. Uh, my skin is quite fair. I call it fair. Very you fair. can call it what you will. It's almost like. So You're almost like, like Irish uh, skin, you know? Mm-hmm. Your skin is so pale. I don't have red hair, but um, I, I would look good. You're I like think, a strawberry blonde. I would look good with red hair. Yes, you would. I know, but you, yeah, you like, I don't. Yeah, so anyway, Lisa Anyways, will be there. I will be, be there. there. I'm going to wear a hat and you'll sunglasses. Get to meet, I'll you'll be get the to one. meet Lisa's husband, Dan. He's yeah. coming. Yeah. And, uh, and who are you bringing? I don't know. All right. Well, we'll My, see because it's a long way off for you. I don't know who I'm going to bring. <laughs> Things change a lot. You yeah. Know? You never know. Sure. He's going to be bringing all your luggage. I don't need yeah. a lot. I'm not kidding. I travel light. I don't. It gets like a little overwhelming. I like to just travel light. So be give, the, very give the toll free number. Again. I sure will. It's 800-856-1155. Give them a call. They're great. Keen luxury travel. Yeah. They'll take care of you. And we hope you'll be with us in Bermuda. That would be August. a lot of fun. All right. In our next hour, we will have the conclusion, the exciting conclusion of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Then after that, it's the unexpected, a quarter-hour mystery starring Marjorie Reardon from 1947. You won't want to miss that. Well, we're back. It is our three. Thanks, Roger. It is 106 in the morning. Appreciate you. And in this hour, we are going to listen to the exciting conclusion to the Alvin Summers matter on yours truly, Johnny Dollar. We'll also hear the unexpected good quarter-hour mystery. You won't want to miss that. That stars Marjorie Reardon. But right now, Lisa, it's time to play our game, is it not? It is. Guess that song. Right. And this is, uh, the year is 1972. No, it's not. It's, it's 2019. Out, it's turning out to be a great year for music. You're actually liking most of my music choices. I Although do. I don't need affirmation from you. I'm really comfortable <laughs> in my own choices. But, comfortable <laughs> in your own lily white skin. That's right, I am. And um, we're going to be giving away a desktop indoor weather, weather station brought to you by American Weather Makers. And um, we are going to go with caller number two. Call right now, and we will be right back. Guess that song. All right, we're going to do just that. We've got Mark on the phone to play with us. Hey, Mark. Good morning, you two. Lisa, this is Mark with Perfect Pitch. Oh, hi, really? Mark. Yes, I do. It just took me a second. I absolutely do. We're yeah, kind of Mark, like the same. We've a few times, and I, I should be able to do this musical era in my sleep. Now, uh, whether I, I will or not is another thing. You know what, Mark? But I've been I've, wanting one of yeah, go I've ahead. been wanting one of those weather stations for a while. What yeah, it, well, you're already won one, and I have a feeling you're going to do really well with these songs. Is I'm really excited okay. about it. So, um, hand chosen by me. We'll see how it goes. We're going to start with song number one. And when the bad folks all get together at night, you know. Oh, yeah. Bad, bad Leroy Brown. No, that's not Bad, bad Leroy Brown. No, no, wait a minute. Don't mess around mm-hmm. with Jim. I'm sorry. There yeah. you go. Jim Croce. Don't mess around with Jim. That's, I skipped a year. That's exactly right. Yeah. Let's hear for a little bit. And when the bad folks 
It's a great tune. Thank you, Carl. I appreciate that. Old Superman's cape. You don't speak. That man is a talented songwriter. Isn't he? I agree. He was really you young too, like he was thirty something. Maybe, Gosh. maybe that's oh, yeah. terrible. Great, great. This was and Jim was, Croce's yeah. first single. Yeah, yeah. This was number yeah. one, 1972. All right. Yeah, I, I know what it's like to be single. June. I know okay. what it's, I know what it's like to be single, Lisa. Uh, you sure do, and you might know for yes, quite a while. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's hear the second one. I, I'm a little partial to this song as well. You watched yourself go and Well, that really that started getting played at Christmas, 1972, and it's uh, "You're So Vain" by Carly Simon. That is exactly right. Perfect song for Perfect Lisa. Perfect song for Carl. And let me and just comes, tell you, and it comes from the No Secrets album, which is one of the best produced albums I've ever heard. Oh my gosh, you're amazing! The original title of this song. Do you know what it is? It's the uh, ballad of a vain man. This is written. Oh, about a this man. Song. This song Just, is written for you, Lisa. This song is written about a vain man. Uh-huh. Let's hear it. You watched yourself go apart, and all the girls dreamed that they'd be your partner. partner. They'd be your well, partner. And you can see her picture on the front cover. She's doing a little more than carrying a tote bag. Charlie Simon? This song is about yeah. And she also is an excellent storyteller. You know what, though? They have uh, they have surgery now. They can get rid of uh, uh, varicose vein. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's not what I was talking about. But, uh, oh, she's he, a, he's she's on his own package. thing. She, she's, pre- she's pretty. She's a great songwriter. She's a pianist. She's a guitarist. And she's an arranger producer. She's got everything. Wow. Well, Mark, you you are definitely well informed. Mark knows his stuff, man. That's <laughs> and, for sure. And you've got perfect pitch. And you know what? <laughs> you are now the proud owner of a desktop yes. indoor weather station brought to you by American Weathermakers Heating and Cooling. They are the 60-Minute Men. Visit AmericanWeathermakers.com. Congratulations. Thank you so oh, much. Go. It was fantastic. I know. They're great. They're the best. <laughs> great guys over there. Uh, thanks, Mark. Appreciate you, my friend. Take care, Mark. There you go, buddy. He knew, man, he really he knew his good. stuff. He didn't even need you. You're like not even a I'm, lifeline anymore. Jeez. I'm going to have to make these songs harder. You know what? Huh? Just leave me on the ship there in Bermuda. What? Where did that just come from? Just leave me there. You don't, you, you don't need me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll just, I'll try to swim back. Okay. I'll, I'll send you a life. I'll send you a life vest. I'll throw uh, it overboard. All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. Good songs, Lisa. Thanks, Man, Carl. I appreciate the pat you on the back. Did great. Wow. Thanks, Who Carl. Who helped you? <laughs> I got this one on my own. <laughs> all right. Well, we've been listening to Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. We have heard four of the five adventures, and uh, this was great. You know, Johnny Dollar was on the air a long, long time. And for most of its run, it was a half-hour weekly program, just like most of these radio uh, detective shows and mysteries and comedies and things. But then in 1955, the producers of the show said, hey, we, mo- we want more Johnny Dollar. Why don't we do a quarter hour Monday through Friday? Right? Sort yeah. of like a soap opera. Right. Right? That's yep. how the soap operas uh, mm-hmm. do it. You know, they're every Monday through Friday. Right. And so that's what they said. Let's take one storyline, elongate it to like 75 minutes, 
and that's what we'll do. And that was very popular, very popular format for a couple of years. And that's what we're listening to right now, one of these five-part Yours Truly Johnny Dollar Adventures. And it's time now for the conclusion, going back to October 28, 1955. Here is the conclusion, Chapter 5, of the Alvin Summers Matter on Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. From Hollywood, it's time now for Bob Bailey as Johnny Dollar. I told you, that's my name. What do you want, an affidavit? I've got to be sure. Look, you've got me out here in the middle of the jungle with a gun in my back. Don't turn around. And I can't even see you. You think I'd be kidding you at a time like this? Any move, any move at all, and it'll be your last. Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Santo Tomas, Mexico. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To the Home Office, Northeastern Fidelity and Bonding, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an account of additional expenses during my investigation of the Alvin Summers embezzlement of $75,000. Item 12, two cents. Just what I figured my life was worth at the moment. Gloria Harris had taken me down the beach and into the jungle to show me the hut where Alvin Summers had been hiding out. There was no sign of him. But I heard a noise outside in the underbrush and went out to investigate. I didn't see a thing. But I felt something. A gun barrel pressing against the back of my neck. I want to talk to you, Dollar. Well, you've got a quaint way of arranging a conversation, believe me. I could do better if you take away that gun. Johnny! Don't answer. Who's answering? Johnny! Wait. Well... Be in your hotel room in exactly one hour. Look, what's this all about? You're looking for Alvin Summers, aren't you? Oh, am I? Johnny, where are you? I've got some information about him for you. Let's have it now. Not now. I've got to talk to you alone. Be in your hotel room in town in an hour, understand? Look. Do as I say and be sure you're alone. Alone. Okay. Now, just keep looking straight ahead. Don't turn around and don't tell anyone about this. Anyone. Understand? You make it pretty clear. I'll be watching you, Dollar. You won't see me, but I'll see you. I can believe it, mister. Johnny, please. Johnny, where... Oh, here you are. Yeah, here I am. Why didn't you answer me? I came out here looking for a guy, remember? How am I going to find him if I start shouting at you? But I got worried when you didn't come back to the hut. Yeah. That noise you heard outside, did you see anything? No, I didn't see a thing. Johnny, didn't you find anything to give you a lead on where Summers might be? I don't know. But you said if I helped you find him, you'd see what you could do about getting me a passport back to the States. Yeah, sure. Come on, let's get out of here. It suits me fine. This place gives me the creeps, all these trees and vines. Broad daylight, but you can't see a thing. I know. My imagination's still working overtime. I've got that feeling we're being watched again. Funny, isn't it? Yeah, real funny. We kept on toward the beach Gloria was fidgeting because she thought somebody was watching us I was fidgeting because I knew somebody was And I had a strong hunch he was the man whose long-distance phone call to the States brought me down to Mexico in the first place We got back to the beach, I took Gloria up to her hotel and went down to mine in town As I crossed the lobby toward the stairway to the second floor, out popped a familiar face Hello, friend! Oh, Carson... Lieutenant Gomez let you out of jail, huh? Oh, now, let's get one thing straight, friend. I never was actually in jail. Well, you're lucky. I've seen the jail. Huh? Oh, 
Well, I, I just had to pay a fine, and that judge they got in this burg read me the riot act, but then they let me go. Well, good. So now it's back to selling zippers, huh? Sure is. And I'm behind schedule, too. Checking out right now, as a matter of fact. A lot of territory to cover. Like I always say, half, half the, the world... world's waiting to get zipped up. Yeah, you told me. All right, Dad. Say, Dollar. Mm. I'd like you to do me a favor. Oh. That little trouble I got into last night up at the Playa del Mar Hotel, I'd sure appreciate it if you'd keep quiet about it when you get back to the States. You mean you don't want anybody to know you got plastered, grabbed a serape, and did the fandango? Now, broke a guitar over the musician's head? Now, can't we just forget about Believe me, that? I had until you reminded me. Now, Carson, I'm reasonably sure we don't know the same people and won't be seeing each other again. I'd say the secret of your lurid past was pretty safe. Well, I sure hope so, friend. But about not seeing each other in the States, I was planning on looking you up. Goody. Yes, sir, I got a deal for you. Sorry, but I have all the zippers I can use at the moment. No, that's not what I mean, friend. I've been trying to get you into a cribbage game, remember? How can I forget? Well, instead, I'm going to look you up in the States and let you teach me to play gin rummy. How could I be so lucky? Oh, sorry, I think that's my phone. So long, Carson. I'll sure look you up back in the good old USA, friend. Hello? 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 Hmm. Keep your hands on the table. What? Oh, my shadow again. Anybody follow you? Not that I know of. You're early. I know. And I searched your room. That's become an old Santa Tomas custom. To make sure you really were Johnny Dollar. So now you know. What about it? You can turn around. Oh, no. Maybe you'll tell me what... Wait a minute. A decent shave, and you'd match that photo I have in my suitcase. Alvin Summers. Yeah. I'm Alvin Summers. I don't get it. I had you figured for the man who made that long-distance call to the States that tipped me off to come down here. You're right about that, too. You put the finger on yourself? If you want to call it that. Well, what happened? Your deal goes sour on you, maybe? Yeah. <sighs> okay, sit down. Take it easy. Tell me about it. I'll turn on the overhead fan. Pretty stuffy in here. Dollar, that phone call you got just now... Hung up. Clerk downstairs must have rung the wrong room. Or somebody was checking to see if you were here. Could be... Okay, suppose you start from the top. What was that? Relax. What are you... Just one of the charming features of this room. Why? You turn on that big overhead fan, it slams the balcony door. Oh, well, turn it off, will you? I'm kind of edgy. Yeah, sure. You asked me if my deal had gone sour. It went very sour. Oh, I had it all figured out. I was planning it for a year. I was going to embezzle the 75000 and really live, live big. Yeah. Instead of that, I spent all my time hiding. Mexico City, Cuernavaca, Tampico, you name it, I was there. Always undercover, always hiding. Did you ever spend much time hiding, Dollar? No, not much. Oh, it's a great life. Great. Every time somebody looks at you on the street, you're sure he's after you, tailing you. You wake up in the middle of the night, you see a shadow outside... Turns out to be just a bush, but you spend the rest of the night sweating. Finally, I, I, I just couldn't take it anymore. The rest of my life that way. You know, Summers, a lot of guys figure that out before it's too late. Too bad you didn't. Yeah. So, finally, I owned the bonding company long distance. I knew they'd send an investigator. They sent you. 
I, I thought if I could talk to someone like you, see what could be done. There's only one thing can be done at this point, Summers. Come back with me to the States. Bring back what's left of the money. Sixty thousand. That'll help. But you know there can't be any deal. Yeah, I, I guess I always knew that. Here, take the gun. Thanks. Now, what about the money? It's in a safe deposit box in Mexico City. Here. Here's the key. One thing I don't get, though, Summers. Yeah? You wanted me to contact. But you were sure playing hard to find. Well, I had to be careful. I got a look at you the first day you arrived. I wasn't sure you were the one, so I decided to come to your room that night. But then I saw somebody else coming here, so I gave up. Who was it? The bellboy. Benito? Hey. That'll be just before he got knifed. Oh, no. I wasn't the one who killed him, Dollar. I'm no killer. Just the fool who runs away with somebody else's money, remember? Anyway, I didn't have another chance to get to Italy today. I had to keep undercover so they wouldn't find me. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Who's they? <laughs> the man who arranged for me to come down here and the girl who was going to make it all worthwhile. The girl. Summers, don't... me, Johnny. Gloria. Hello, baby. Here, let me... Leave the gun right where it is, Johnny. Put that safe deposit key on the table. I guess you're calling them. Thanks. And it all adds up. You found out Summers here was planning to turn himself in. You didn't want that money to slip through your fingers. But Summers disappeared from his hideout. You couldn't find him, so you figured you'd let me find him for you. That's right. And it worked. And you're so right about that money. You think I'd give it up now? Gloria. Keep out of it, Alvin. If you want to go back and be a Boy Scout, that's your business. The money stays with me. Johnny. Yeah? This doesn't have to be the end of it for us. Oh. So now we get the pitch about making beautiful music, huh? I'm not kidding, Johnny. Sixty thousand's a lot of money. You know, you put on quite an act. Maybe I believed a little bit of it. But if I did, I quit the moment you walked through that door just now. Okay, Johnny, that's enough. I thought maybe you'd be smart, but if you won't, you leave me no choice. No, Gloria, don't. Gloria! <laughs> the balcony. Out on the balcony. Hold it! Carson. Stay right where you are, friend. Oh, shut up. She's dead. She crossed me. You and she were working against each other. She wanted me to lead her to Summers. You wanted to find him yourself. That's right. And Summers, you took a lot of fine. That's why you killed Benito the bellboy, to shut his mouth. Then you went up to the big hotel and clowned around so you'd get arrested and that way set up an alibi for the evening. I was pretty proud of that little idea, Dollar. And it's all worked out just the way I wanted it. You see, right from the start... I Carson was holding all the trumps. All that they were made out of lead, and I knew he was going to start dealing them any second. Then I remembered the overhead fan. The switch was right next to my elbow. The balcony door was open, and Carson had his back to it. Well, what are you doing? Just turning on the fan. I need some air. Can you blame me? Yeah. You're sweating, aren't you, Dollar? What's the matter? You losing your nerve? Well, it really doesn't matter. What the... The door slammed. Carlson whirled. I knocked the lamp off the table. By the time I hit the floor, my gun was out. I picked up the lamp and lit it again. 
Summers was crouched in a corner. Across the room, sitting on the floor, was Carson staring stupidly down at the red bullet hole in his side. I picked his gun up off the floor. Dollar! Summers, call the police station, Lieutenant Gomez. Yeah, all right. Help me, Dollar. Yeah, it hurts. But not as much as it hurt Benito and Gloria. I... I... You finally got me into a game, didn't you, friend? And you lost. Expense account item 13. Double the amount of item 1. $440. Transportation back to the States for Alvin Summers and me. And you know, I turned him over to the authorities as soon as we got back. That's the way he wanted it. Gloria? Well... Once in a while, I get to wondering if she really meant some of the things she told me. Not that it matters. Conclusion of report. Expense account total, $923. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Remember, please, there'll be a new exciting story on Johnny Dollar beginning next Monday. Next week, the Valentine matter. And believe me, it's not the kind of Valentine you'd wish on even your worst enemy. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood, written by Robert Reif. It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in this week's cast were Virginia Gregg, Marvin Miller, Don Diamond, Tony Barrett, and Parley Bear. Be sure to join us on Monday night, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Roy Rowan speaking. There is the Alvin Summers matter, all five parts. On yours truly, Johnny Dollar, that was a broadcast from October 28th, 1955. Sure hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a quick break, then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. Drivers, please use good judgment and drive sensibly and soberly. One moment of caution can prevent a lifetime of regret. This reminder, courtesy of Budrick Trucking in University Park. They're serving you with quality and pride. For information, call 708-496-0522. 708-496-0522. That's Budrick Trucking of University Park on the air for the safety of our great community. All right. Uh, after news, we are going to tune in to the unexpected, a quarter-hour mystery show. Well, that is unexpected. It is unexpected. I don't know if we've ever aired. We might have aired one <laughs> or two. I don't remember doing yeah. that on WGN. We have a bunch of them in our library. 1947 episode starring Marjorie Reardon. That's coming your way in just a few minutes. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. In the break there and over the news, Lisa's telling me about her favorite new TV show, this is us. This is what you like. Well, it's not new. Just I know the, the new show. The new season, season just started this week, and you're like, it is just. She, you should see like how she's I get so excited it. just talking about the show. I don't want to say anything. I've because never watched it. 
Yeah, she, you're you missing crying? something. Did you, Did, cry do you watch it, Roger? I've read about it. I haven't oh. watched it yet, but I've been following the news reports, well, you know, Variety no. magazine and everything, and I've I've seen people post on Facebook, social media. Right. It is a very emotional show. It is. I'm really drawn you in. Should have I was seen telling her Carl she about was like Well, Kate had a making baby, all these faces and, and, and he was very premature yeah. and we see at the beginning of the show we meet this young man and we don't know until the end of the show. She was getting very emotional. But that's yeah. Kate's son. And he's blind. And well, actually, now you just ruined it for well, everyone no. who hasn't seen it. Oh. They may have been taping it. Yeah. Well, it's already been a week. It's a week before. later already. Yeah, but people. But, here's the but thing. what if they never okay, saw last week? Okay, won't say anything yeah. else. Yeah. No, this is the first week of the season. But here's <laughs> yes. what I will tell Spoiler you. Spoiler alert. Okay. Yes, thank you. A little okay. late. Here's what I will tell you, though. This has nothing to do with it. He is one of <laughs> oh the my first. Gosh. He is one of the first blind actors ever to have a lead in a uh, in a show. Yeah, because he's actually blind in real life. Right. But now you just ruined it for everyone who hasn't seen it. Lisa. Well, that's okay. You, you learn early on who he is. You'll if I had it. my little sound effect thing, I'd, I'd do that. Well, if you want to talk, this is us. I'm open to Man, it. she loves this show. Don't I? She was just like... I'm like Losing getting excited over in my here. seat I'm like, talking okay. about it. Okay. It'll be all right, Lisa. It's just a TV show. I know, I know, but I feel like <laughs> like I know these people. <laughs> these are my yeah. this is my you know, family. You know, I you don't I, I know kinda, them, but they know you. <laughs> I kind of got like that when um <sighs> Bates <laughs> Motel ended. When ba- Bates Motel, I was so hooked on that series. And it was on for a lot of seasons. It was like five or six seasons. Yeah. And I kind of grew up, you know, the kid grew up on the show. Right. He was like a young kid in the very beginning. And then he was like a young adult. And I would watch that. I would wait for that to come on. And I would watch it. And when it ended, oh, my gosh, Roger. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't get out of bed for about a month. You were that emotionally <laughs> torn from yeah. the end remember, of the show? He remember was I wasn't here, you guys had to do the show know, every weekend yeah, for me right, for a month? Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I was in a fetal position, just wow. couldn't get out of bed. Well, I, next I time you can't make way. it, I'll have Roger uh, be yeah. my special guest. Right. Actually, I, f- I felt the same way when Barney was canceled. Barney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, oh, well. boy. <laughs> hope you enjoyed uh, the five-part Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. But right now, uh, we are, we have a, um, we have a very scary radio show for you. It's called The Unexpected. Uh, this was a mystery series, 15 minute, qu- you know, quarter hour production, and it was tales, uh, with very unexpected endings. Which See, you, that makes perfect doesn't sense. Doesn't that make <laughs> total sense? Uh, it came to radio in 1947. It was syndicated. And stars like Barry Sullivan, Marsha Hunt, Lorene Tuttle, Benny Barnes, Marjorie Reardon, Jackie Cooper did a few episodes. It was directed by Frank Danzig and syndicated by the Hamilton Whitney Radio Production Company. It was so popular, though, that in 1952, Frederick Ziv, who was a big radio and TV um, syndicator, decided, hey, I'll make a TV show about that. And so he did. He made 39 episodes. It ran on NBC, but they were half hours. So he did a series called The Unexpected. But you're going to hear the radio version now. Let's go back to a broadcast date of August 29, 1947. Marjorie Reardon stars a show called The Cripple. Here is The Unexpected. From Hollywood, Miss Marjorie Reardon in The Unexpected. The Unexpected. The Unexpected. 
life is filled with the unexpected, romantic, tragic, and mysterious endings to our most ordinary actions. Dreams come true, or dreams are shattered by sudden twists of fate in The Unexpected. And now, Miss Marjorie Reardon, outstanding motion picture and stage star in The Cripple, a drama of The Unexpected. Alice was always helpless. Even as a child, she needed someone to look after her, to sit with her, tell her stories, and see that she took her medicine. At first, I didn't mind. It was like a game playing older sister. But as the months and years dragged by, I learned to hate her and wish she were dead. Put the blanket over your legs, Alice. I don't want you to catch cold. Yes, Amanda. Now, is there anything you want? I'm going shopping. No, dear. Nothing. Are you sure? Quite sure. Well, then, I'll be back in a few minutes. All right. Oh, Mandy. Yes? Do you suppose you could stop by the lending library and get me another book? I've nearly finished this one, and I won't have anything to read tonight. Why didn't you say so when I asked you if you wanted anything? I didn't think of it. If it's going to take so much effort, don't bother. What sort of a book do you want? Don't bother, Amanda. Very well, I won't. If I could, I'd get it myself. Do you think a sister would be a little more considerate of a cripple? Oh, I told you I'd get the book. Now, for heaven's sake, what do you want? Nothing. Nothing at all. Just want to be left here, alone and helpless and crippled. That's what I want. Will you stop saying that you're crippled? It's the truth, isn't it? What difference does it make to you? I'm the one with the twisted legs. For the last time, Alice, I don't want you to mention your legs again. I don't ever want to see them again, and I won't. Do you hear me? I won't. Oh, yes, you will, Amanda. I know you hate anything that isn't perfect, and you hate me. But you'll look at my legs. Look at them, Amanda. See, I'll raise the blanket. Oh. Look at my legs and know that they'll be a part of your life as long as they're part of mine. Amanda, you'll take care of me as long as you live. No, only as long as you live, Alice. Yes, Amanda. I know. Oh, why have you lived so long? You're half dead now, wasting away a little every hour. Feeble and useless. You're not alive. Why don't you give up and die? I stood there trembling and felt the blood drain out of my face. Then I turned and with my lips pressed tight together walked from the room. I had to get away from Alice. Every time I looked at her, I, I felt a loathing disgust. But I couldn't leave her. I couldn't afford to. Father had seen to that. He'd left all his money in a trust fund, and I could use it only so long as I lived with Alice and took care of her. She'd been his favorite, and she'd used her twisted wiles on Father to trap me. It wasn't fair. I was chained to a lifeless corpse. But then, at last, I saw it. I saw a way to break the shackles. Jim Adams was young and handsome and rich. The answer to a maiden's prayer. And with luck, he might prove the Prince Charming who would carry me on a white horse to a beautiful castle. Away from the hatred that had become a cancer on my soul. Away from Alice. 
Jim. Yes, darling? We'd better leave. I'm afraid I'm going to be late night. <laughs> I wouldn't want Alice to worry about me. You're always thinking about your sister, Mandy. Why don't you think of yourself once in a while? Oh, but I do, Jim. I'm really very selfish. Mandy, you're, you're the most unselfish girl I've ever met. Oh, don't you believe it. But seriously, I... I want to talk to you. Seriously? Yes, we, we've known each other for several months now. Long enough to... Fall in love? Oh, Mandy, darling, you mean you feel the same way? Of course, Jim. Haven't you known? Well, yes, in a way, but... But I thought perhaps I was imagining it because I wanted you to care so desperately. It wasn't imagination. I, I just don't believe it. Honest, Mandy, I, I just don't know what to say. Well, you could ask me to be your wife. Will you, darling? Will you marry me? Oh, Jim, of course I will. Of course, if... If what? There's just one thing. Well, name it and it's yours. Do you want the moon with a big red ribbon or a handful of stars? Oh, no, silly. It's much simpler than that. I... I want to be married right away. Right away? Yes, tomorrow. Oh, I'm afraid to wait. Something might happen. I've got to tell Alice and make the break quickly or I might not be able to go through with it. Tomorrow? You understand, don't you? If I put it off, I'll, I'll know that I'm hurting Alice and I couldn't stand that. But, darling, I thought she could live with us. I, I mean, after the honeymoon. Oh, no. I, I mean, she'd never do that. We've talked it over, you see, and she's always said that when I married, she'd never stay with me. I know I couldn't change her mind. Well, whatever you say. Oh, of course I'll ask her, but it wouldn't do any good. I, I think I can see her point. You've got to live your own life, Mandy, and Alice knows that. She's quite right. Yes, I guess she is, but it's so hard to convince myself after all these years. Are you still awake, Alice? Yes, of course. Then I can come in. How could I stop you? By telling me to stay out. What's the matter with you tonight, Amanda? I'm going to be married. You... Yes, <sighs> to Jim Adams. We're driving over the state line tomorrow afternoon. By evening, you'll have a brother-in-law. Aren't you the lucky girl? I don't believe it. You can't leave me. You won't get a cent if you do. Oh, I assure you, Alice, I'll get far more money by marrying Jim. And he won't be half so much trouble. You're just marrying him to get away. I know you, Amanda. You've tricked him, and you're using him so you can leave me. Why, Alice, Jim and I are caught in the white flame of pure love. I won't let you do it. I won't let you get away with it. I'll tell him. I'll tell him everything, how mean and petty and vicious you are. You won't tell him a thing, do you hear me? Not a thing. If you say one word, I'll... You what? doesn't matter. I'm meeting Jim downtown. I thought it best to avoid a scene here. And the servants will be instructed that you're not to use a phone. For the first time, Alice, your disability will be a convenience to me. I'm even rather grateful for it. And now, good night. I'll say goodbye tomorrow. Sleep well, dear sister. <laughs> The next morning, the blushing bride awoke. Dressed carefully for the occasion in a quiet gray wool suit, added a blue scarf, a new handkerchief, and a diamond lapel watch borrowed from Alice. Something old, something new. Something borrowed, something blue. I called 
the apartment house garage and told them that I was planning a very special trip, that I wanted them to check my car, go over it carefully, and leave it in front of the building at four that afternoon. Then I had breakfast, ordered a taxi, and went downtown trousseauing. When I got back to the apartment, it was 4.30, and my cream-colored convertible hovered at the curb like a waiting pegasus. My extravagant parcels and I bounded into the elevator, sped upward to the proper floor, and hurried into the bedroom. It took only a few minutes to finish packing. I decided not to say goodbye to Alice. I didn't want to see her again. Amanda? Amanda, is that you? I've got to talk to you, Amanda. Don't go without seeing me. Amanda! I closed the door. Amanda, I've got to talk to you. Then I closed my ears and hurried downstairs. Amanda! I picked up Jim in front of his office... And we drove over the state line to a little white frame house with a sign on the door saying, Justice of the Peace. Then, half an hour later, we were married. As the car raced through the thinning traffic and gathered speed, I smiled and my mind whispered gleefully, You'll never hear Alice's voice again. You'll never look at twisted legs again. You'll never play nursemaid to a cripple. Never, never, never again. You think the story is over, don't you? But wait. Fate takes a hand. Wait for the unexpected. And now for the surprising conclusion of The Cripple, a Hamilton Whitney production starring Miss Marjorie Reardon, written by Robert Libert and Frank Burt, and directed by Frank K. Danzig. I... I don't remember very much about the accident. It, it happened so quickly. And then came the hours of waiting in the hospital corridor. Waiting and wondering. You can go in now, Mrs. Adams. Thank you. Mandy? Is that you, Mandy? Yes. Yes, I'm here. Are you all right, Mandy? You're not hurt? No, Jim, I'm not hurt. Oh, what happened? That that truck, I... Something was wrong with my car. Your car? What was wrong with... Alice didn't tell me. It was her fault. The garage left word not to drive over 30, but she didn't tell me. She didn't tell you? Not a word. She claimed she called out something just before I left the house, but I didn't hear her. Do you understand, Jim? I I didn't hear her call. It it doesn't matter. You mustn't blame Alice. Don't worry. I'll be all right. As long as I have you to look after me. Oh, of course, darling. You'll be well in no time. I wish that were true, Mandy. You see, they've already told me I'll never walk again. You... Yes. I'm going to be a cripple. But I won't mind. I'll have you to take care of me, won't I, Mandy? I'll always have you to take care of me. The Cripple starred Miss Marjorie Reardon. Listen again soon for another of your favorite motion picture stars in a drama of The Unexpected. This program was transcribed in Hollywood.
I'm going to give you one guess, Lisa. An organ. <laughs> <laughs> that was an organ. Thanks, There's Carl. There's no doubt in my in my mind. Is that a Hammond organ? I think so. Probably, right? That would have right? made sense. Yeah. All right. That's the unexpected from August 29th, 1947, The Cripple with Marjorie Reardon in that broadcast. I uh, hope you enjoy that.